This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your hosts, Brody Teal and Eric Labrie. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. What is going on, Eric? Where are all of these deer coming from? I don't know. They're coming from the deep bush here in Alberta, (laughs) though. We've got deer coming in left, right, and center at the shop, and I don't know where they're coming from. I've spent 160 hours in the stand, and I've seen a few, but I haven't had any great chances. It is frustrating. Well, I've spent probably equal as much time, if not a little bit more this year, in the bush, and I haven't seen anything quite as big as... uh, We've seen in the last couple of days, that's for sure. Yeah, but you got one. I did. I got one. You yeah. got one. I got a nice old buck. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's not not nothing crazy. Not what exactly what I was looking for, but the opportunity came. Yeah, and opportunity is a little bit more important to me than uh, than antler size. Without a doubt, man. It is. We have. It's the twenty second today. We're counting down the days to the end of the Alberta whitetail season. And, uh, oh man, it's crunch time right now. If you have an opportunity at a buck, you got to take it unless, unless you're holding out for a giant and you know that giants around, I've got a few big ones around, but I'm not holding out for freaking anything, but just an average size buck. If I have a chance at, at a few points on either side, I'm taking it. It's too late now. You can't be picky. And uh, I'm even thinking of putting the bow away and just taking out the rifle. Yeah, That's how frustrated I am. You got to fill the freezer, man. You got to <laughs> you got to get them deer down. Well, I don't even know if it's about filling the freezer. We got the moose the second day of archery season, and that was that was awesome. My first moose got it with the bow. Um, second day of archery season, that was an extra, and I am pumped about that. But you know, deer meat is deer meat. It, it isn't bad. Um, it's good. I don't mind it. Um, but yeah, we do need roasts, not so much the ground meat. Um, but man, I just, I want to get a buck, you know, last year got a little one year before got one with Jackson. That was special, but it's still, you know, a hundred inch white tail, nothing really, (laughs) nothing to, to brag about. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was sure this is the year and you know what? I had an opportunity last Sunday, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was an opportunity, but uh, I, I almost had an opportunity. Oh, you had the buck in front of you, man. It was an opportunity. The 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 thing is, the deer's got to make a mistake too, right? Yes, yes. In front of me is a bit of a stretch. In front of me is a bit of a stretch. Um, I got to tell that story. Yeah, Let me tell this story. Okay. So it was last Sunday. I don't know what the day was. I usually get up in the morning right around 5.30, 6 a.m., tiptoe out of the house so the wife doesn't hear me, the kids don't hear me. And uh, I got to tell you, a nine-month-old baby is more alert than a, a whitetail in his own bush. You got to tiptoe out of the house with fucking socks on. And, and if you get out without a, without a, a little cry or anything, you are golden. Then you just bullet down the road and you get to your deer spot as soon as possible. Well, what are you doing <laughs> sitting in a deer stand then? You should be still hunting. You should okay. be walking around. Okay. Yeah, yeah, around. yeah, yeah. So let's, let's get back to this. So anyways, I get in the truck, sipping my coffee, get to the deer spot. It is pitch black. I try and get there a half hour before legal hunting time. So it's still pitch dark out. I think it's 7 a.m. Um, you know, get out of the truck, get to the stand. And, uh, oh, I, I got to rewind. Sorry. I get out of the truck and two drunk girls, two drunk teenage girls come wandering down the road. And I'm, I'm nine kilometers from town. And I seen a truck when I turned in. I'm like, okay, 
we'll see what's what's going on like what's the deal and so i see him walking down i'm like hey because i wanted to be the first one to uh you know to start the conversation i don't know what these people are doing coming towards me and then yeah so i see their two teenage girls come like hey i have nothing to worry about and uh, they asked me if i was stuck i said no i'm not stuck i'm going hunting i had rattlers around my neck i had my bow so what was your first clue right (laughs) so anyways they're like well our friends are stuck and we're stuck. And, uh, and yeah, I'm like, well, what are you guys doing out here? It's seven in the morning, pitch black. And, uh, they're like, Oh, well, you know, we are partying out here. We're drinking and, uh, yeah, our friends are being idiots and they got their truck stuck. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go hunting. They're like, yeah, well, we're going to try and uh, see if we can get them out. So I'm like, okay. So I, I scurry into the stand, get up in the stand. By this point, it's 7.20, 10 minutes to legal hunting time. So I'm getting excited, right? If something's going to come in, usually it's early on. And uh, sure enough, a buck, 40 yards to the right of me, comes right in. He's scraping like crazy, but he's looking to the trail where the road is. And these kids are walking down the road, yapping and yelling and I'm like, these kids are going to blow it. They're going to screw it. They made me late coming to my stand. And now they're going to scare this buck away. And uh, and then they carry on. So the, the sound was gone. The buck was alert. But then he calmed down. I'm like, okay, this is it. Slam dunk. He's going to come in front of me. I was filming it. He was to the right of me. My camera arm's on the left of me. So I needed him to come in front because I couldn't film him from where he was. He was there for 10, 15 minutes and he started walking away. I grabbed my Smith game calls, let out a doe bleat, looked at me. He wanted to come to that doe. He heard that doe. But what he did is he went downwind. So he went behind me. And what I needed him to do was come all the way around and then onto the trail. So he came around, but he was behind the tree line. And at this point, he was even farther. He was 50 yards away. And, uh, you know, he started sort of taking some steps the other way and I tried letting out some grunts, some bleats and uh, he wasn't having it. He, he never smelt that dough. I never had any scent or anything on me. I ran the Ozonic, so I don't think he smelt me, but, uh, you know, he wasn't convinced and, uh, he slowly wandered off and that was like a 45 minute time span. And like I said, I thought it was a slam dunk. As soon as I seen him and I, I thought he was coming my way, I'm already already planning what I'm going to do with this deer, what kind of cuts I'm going to get, <laughs> who I'm going to text first. And that's my problem. I get ahead of myself. And uh, I'm almost a little superstitious because I think it fucks with my odds. Yeah. Well, you, you can't. You can't be counting your stakes when you. you know, <laughs> That's what I yet. do, yeah. man. Yeah, for sure. That's what I do, and it's, you know, I think what it is, it's the anticipation of getting a buck. Like I said, hundred and sixty hours in the stand, and at that point, you know, that was two. That was Saturday, so I hunted, or that was Sunday, so I hunted Sunday, hunted Monday. So at that point, I had hundred and forty hours in the stand, and uh, this was the moment I was waiting for, and it didn't happen. Well, but you you know what you do when you're sitting in the stand for all those hours? You play that over and over and over again in your head from the rattle or the grunt or the bleat to the, the freaking footsteps in the leaves Yeah. to all of a sudden, oh, there's a buck. Yeah, well, and that's... And then it's, it's coming into play, but, you know, they they have to make a mistake, too. Exactly. And nine times out of ten, they don't walk in your shooting lane. Oh, I know. I that's know. what makes it so much fun. That's why we do it. We don't yeah. go out to go killing. We go out to go hunting. And 
and there's a reason there's something wrong with us we spend that much time out just trying to get something you know and yeah and this this whole tree stand thing this year you know the fact that you're you're stuck in one tree all day long if i'm gonna sit in the stand i'm gonna sit all day if i'm gonna commit to go to that stand and spend four hours in the morning i'm gonna spend the other five hours to sit the rest of the day and uh you know once you hit that fourth and fifth hour you start going nuts i listen to a podcast that helps a lot um but time just starts going slower and slower and slower. And by the time you get to your sixth hour, you wonder, why do I do this? Why am I sitting here? Last time I never seen anything. The time before I seen one doe, the time before that, I never seen anything. Why am I doing this? But as soon as I leave that stand, get home, I open my phone the next morning and my cellular camera has already texted photos of bucks to me. So that's why I do it. I hope that I can pull a buck out, rattle one, you know, just bring one in, pull him out of his daily routine. If he's a hundred yards away, 50 yards away, just try and pull him into my little shooting lane. And, uh, and I guess that's why I do it. That's why I tell myself, that's why I'm going back there tomorrow and probably Sunday. Um, if I don't get one tomorrow, but again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, you know what? That <laughs> I got caught twice in the last, well, I guess the last 10 days with basically my pants down and one was my buck. And I, I got him. I got the gun on him, but I didn't get the camera on him. And the other one was the one that Katie, she missed. And and that buck totally caught us with our pants down. She was all bundled up, had her gloves and everything on. The gun was sitting beside her. It wasn't even loaded yet. You know, we had been there for an hour. And I'd rattled a few times already. And then all of a sudden, in the sunshine, here's this... You know, stud of a buck yeah. standing perfectly broadside <laughs> at like 45 yards, exactly where I told her would be perfect when we sat down in the blind. It'd be perfect if one was standing right there for you. He's standing there and we got our thumb up our ass, basically. <laughs> you know, and sometimes when you're sitting in the stand after or in the blind after that fifth and sixth hour, you almost hope that you have a missed opportunity over not seeing anything. Yeah. But when you have that missed opportunity, Oh, it hurts. It hurts oh, it so hurts. bad. And it, it hurts. It uh, reminds you that no, those missed opportunities, you don't want them. You're almost better off to not see anything. I'm starting to think than have a missed opportunity where you just, you're heartbroken about it. You know it. what those, those missed <laughs> opportunities, you, if you fuck them up, you're, you're not going to fuck them up again. You know, and that's if, true. If you make a real blatant mistake and you know, like if you got lazy and you just went, you know, you knew the wind was blowing one way and yes. you've seen a deer on one hill, you knew if you went at it straight at it, you'd, you'd get winded and you did it anyway. You know, and you blow that buck out of there, are you going to learn from that? <laughs> that is so true. You got to learn from that sort of stuff. And and even me going in tomorrow, um, you know, I'm bringing some artificial dope piss with me, covering myself in it, putting it on my shoes, um, you know, hanging some strips in the bush on the way in and uh, hopefully I don't have the same issue. Yeah, I last you learn from your mistake. Yeah, that's you, true. You that's knew. true. It's just, it hurts so bad, man. Like I... That elk this year, I had a, a missed opportunity on an elk. Um, again, I don't know if I'd call it an opportunity, but uh, I blew it. You know, we were elk hunting for day one. We heard 15 gunshots. Day two, we heard 13 gunshots. We were bugling with a couple bulls, but nothing crazy. It was a highly pressured area. 
day three, we're hanging out on a hillside, drinking some coffee, talking about how much this hunt sucks. Get back on the trail, see some fresh tracks, follow them in. And, and this bull stood right up and bugled right at us. As soon as we were in his kitchen, we were right there. He wasn't making a peep because there were so many hunters in there, but the issue was the willows and the bushes were up to his eyeballs, yeah. up to his eyeballs. And, you know, I had a small window to shoot through and I, I, I shouldn't have taken the shot. Now, you know, thinking after the fact, I should have tried to sneak up before he closed the distance or whatever, right? But they sting. And uh, yeah, and you know, I think that's also why when I'm sitting in the stand, I'm going to bring the rifle just to increase my odds a little bit more. Yeah. Well, you're, cutting, you're cutting down on the variables, right? Uh, yeah. And at this, this time of the time, year, you got to do it. You got to do it. And you know, the filming thing is so important for me. I've said time and time, you know, a white tail, if I don't get it on film, um, I'm probably not going to shoot it. I want to get that sucker on film. I want to share it with everybody. Um, so that's the plan. So I'll probably go in tomorrow with the rifle yeah, bright and early, hopefully not run into any uh, drunk teenagers <laughs> that are potentially going to scare all the deer. Ain't that a bitch, eh? I don't know how many times I've gone hunting and just seen drunk teenagers. Never. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the thing is, I never see vehicles at this spot that early in the day. And I seen this truck. I'm like, okay, they're hunters. I got to get to my stand. So I drove by the truck. There was no one in it. And... um park my truck and then I see these two people walking towards me. So I got a little nervous at first. I'm like, okay, what's going on? So that's why I made the first point of contact. And uh, yeah, it was these teenage girls wondering, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, you guys already heard the story. We don't need to get back into that. But uh, yeah, why is everyone killing giant bucks, showing them to us, posting them on Facebook, bragging about them? Hey, you know what? Some of those bucks are our boys in Saskatchewan, though. Yes. They have been killing it. They have been killing it. And, uh, you know, even like every, every, I'm pretty sure everyone's got a deer on the non-typical nation crew, except for me. Yeah, except you. Yeah. Charlie got one the other day. Charlie got one. He got it with a bow. That was cool. Got it on film. Paul got one in Saskatchewan. Paul got one. You got one. Tommy, of course, he got a giant. Yeah, Tommy's a killer. Um, Jordan got one everyone got deer yeah actually i think cody me and cody are probably the only ones right now cody will get one though i'm not worried about him i'm I'm just worried about myself he'll get one too <laughs> i hope you, so you man gotta, you got some, i hope some so i'm gonna go tomorrow so saturday sunday and then uh next sunday is the final day of the se- or next saturday is the final day of the season so i'm gonna go friday and saturday again um, if we get a buck this weekend, knock on wood, hopefully we do, then maybe we'll try and fill a couple doe tags. Yeah, there you go. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Well, I always do this, man. You gotta be excited. Jeez. You gotta be optimistic. You yeah. Can't, you can't just be like, oh, I'm not going to get one. I know. I'm one. very optimistic. Very optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, and that's what the, that's what the real kick in the balls is around here at the taxidermy shop is you see giant bucks all the time. Because what is someone going to get mounted? Yeah. They're going to bring in 160, 170, 180, 190 inch whitetail because that's what they want. That's what they want hanging on their wall. That's right. And then when we shoot a deer, we think it's a baby because we see all these giants around here. And when people are bringing in deer every day, 
it's like they just fall from the sky. Yeah. But well, at least where I hunt, they don't fall from the sky. We're totally in a vacuum here, though, right? <laughs> I know. Like, you're one of the best, we're one of the best taxidermists here in Northern Alberta, and you get so many big white I mean, if you can I see know. out the window right now, you look at that wall hanging out there. I know. And, and that's what the killer is. And that's, that's like Dave even. You'll shoot, like, I'll shoot a 130-inch white tail that I'm pumped right up about. And, uh, you know, like it's a baby. Yeah. Like why? I'm like, well, no, you see 170, 180 inch white tails every year. So this is a decent white tail. And this Dave, is an Dave's average white tail. A million white tails. <laughs> yeah. So he's got very high standards. <laughs> He'll never kill anything. <laughs> but know, yeah. I, I even felt that when I got my buck though, you know, like I, I, I didn't get a real good look at him cause I, I actually heard him and he was just leaving my window yeah. as I heard him. And I, I saw he had some good bone on his head, and I pulled yeah. the trigger. And when I walked up, he was big, bigger yeah. than I thought he was. But then I was like, oh, that, you know, compared to what I've been working with the last three days. <laughs> yeah, you just, you got to ignore that. And I've learned that you just got to. Uh, yeah. I well, just, you're just in a vacuum, yeah. here, right? You, that's all you see is big shit. And you know what? And the way I hunt, just to kill something. I'm over the freaking moon. <laughs> yeah. No, me too. Yeah, the so, you know what? Everything. Like even the bears, like, you know, this year I shot a, an average bear. It was an 18 and a half inch skull on it. And, you know, we've shot 19s and, and you know what? This year I had passed on, well, I never passed on the bear the day before, but I was with, and we missed our opportunity. My brother came with me the next time. We got it all on film. He got to experience it with me. So that was super special. Yeah. One of the most special bear hunts i've had um despite the size you know i've mentioned this to a lot of guys here at the shop too um you know my elk the big elk that i got probably the biggest animal i've i've got and might get for a while is very low on the list for animals that are special to me or hunts yeah. are special to me and that's just because it was sort of a gimme you know i just got to the area i hiked out like 20 minutes and there they were <laughs> but my mule deer that i got that season i hunted my ass off all season final day i got him and he's like a hundred inch buck yep. and i that one means so much to me yep. you know so um you know even you with your deer like you've put in a lot of time a lot of time you got it on your guys's property your yep. grandfather's property you shot it with a hundred and how old's that rifle it's a, yeah it's a hundred and three years old 103 year old yeah. rifle yeah. that was handed down to you like that is so special that's yeah. awesome um so you know what <laughs> the size of that animal it means very little but to me it's about shooting an animal that at least has bred and is somewhat oh, mature. Sure. You I know was, what I mean? I was so happy when I seen his bases were big and heavy. Yes. And that he was an old deer, you know? And, yes. And he was all scarred up in the face and his neck was all bruised up. And he, he'd been working hard, but he'd definitely been able to spread his genes around the last few years. Yes. And that's, you know, and that's that's super cool. And that's what it's all about, right? It's about shooting something that, uh, you know, that's already bred, that's already... Uh, you know, lived a life. Yep. Um, and you know what, if I have an opportunity as a spiker, I'm not, I, I wouldn't take it. I just, just won't at this point. You know, like if I, if I hadn't shot anything all season and yep. needed meat on the well, last day, hungry, yeah, for sure. you, you gotta do it. Yeah. You gotta do it. And don't get upset at that guy that does it because he might only be able to get out once or twice a year. Right. Um, but you know, like me and you, we've spent a lot of time in the bush this year. Um, you know, I've got a moose, 
Um, you guys got a few does, so you don't need to shoot that spiker. You can shoot no, right. a three-year-old deer or whatever, exactly. right? So, yeah, I'm praying, man. I'm praying. Like, I want to use the bow so bad. Those APA bows shoot so nice. I got this new one, like, three months ago, and it shoots like a dream. I want to use it so bad. But, you know, if I would have had a rifle last week with that buck, I could have got him. Yeah. And, um yeah, but you know and what? I don't want to have that missed opportunity again. You might go out tomorrow and shoot something way bigger and be like, you know what? If I had the rifle last weekend, I would have been done. <laughs> That's... Right? I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. almost overly optimistic yes. most of the time. Yeah. And, and it, it, I think... But I won't think that way. It might one day. Yeah. But because I'm always like, I'll have the worst day hunting. I'll get stuck. I'll break <laughs> shit. I'll not see a damn thing. I know. I'll get followed around by wolves all day. And then the very next, like, even that night, I go to turn my alarm on. I'm like, okay, I got to, you know, because I want, I you want to grip and grin. You yeah. want to see, yeah. you, you just don't know what you're going to see ever, right? <laughs> no, you don't. But, you know, at that moment last Sunday, that's not a positive moment until I take something down. Once I put something on yeah. the ground, then I'll be like, okay, that was yeah. meant to be. Right now, I'm still pissed well, off about that. Well, then you look that. at your whole season, right? Once you're done, then you're like, okay, yeah, you know what? I've learned from it. Yeah. And and I've not learned from it. I've had a good time with some of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, learning a lot, man. And that's what it's all about. Like those guys who kill giant deer and elk. Um, they do a consistency. And consistency. they're usually in there. They're usually got about 15 years on us. Yeah, that's right. So we're rookies. Yeah, that's right. Rookies. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking <Amateurs>. green. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but we love it and we love sharing it with everyone and that's why we do it right exactly yeah it's super special to me to share those you know whether it be a duck and goose hunt or bear hunt with other people i just uh i love it yeah the best hunts for me are my long trips and that's just because it's usually not solo yeah and so there's people with me and you go through some tough shit and you see some cool shit and you kind of just yeah it, it puts life into perspective for you yeah well you guys go on some pretty fun and cool adventures up in the mountains for well, the, the over a week at a time yeah my most memorable of memorable of all yeah of my hunts even and i've never even been never even seen a ram on a sheep <laughs> well you have just I, not I legal have, just rams. Not, not not where i'm could yeah shoot them or a lot of goats like I did see a lot of goats last year i didn't yeah. see any goats this year no none this year no i didn't see any goats this year i saw I saw about half as many sheep this year, and I did see a legal ram, but he was yeah. on the highway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So you're putting in for that uh, lottery goat tag for that uh, zone? Yeah, I always put it in. I yeah. Put it in. <laughs> what yeah. do they go at six tags for the whole yeah, province? Something like that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know where to go if you get one. Huh? If anybody gets a mountain goat tag for... Uh, what zone? I don't know what zone. <laughs> He's not even <laughs> telling us the zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, oh, you mean... The just send Eric a message. Yeah, 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 just send me a message, yeah. I'll tell you where there's some goats. That's awesome, though. Just the amount of goats you've seen. Well, we've seen... 12 goats or 13 goats? 13, 13 goats, and they were all together. Yeah. And then we've seen... Well, we've seen one on the, one of the scouting trips, too. He was a solo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. Did see, we did see a little band of 13 there. Yeah, that is too cool. Yeah. They're a long ways away. Have you heard anything on how the goat population is doing in Alberta? Have you heard anything about that? I haven't. No. Um, well, you know what? I, we talked to, I think he was a fisheries fisheries yes. guy. In that zone, that area? Yeah, when we okay. came out on that trip. Yeah, right at the trailhead, we spoke to a guy. And uh, he said that he had heard that they were doing really well lately. Wow. And uh, I mean, I'm not surprised there was, at least where I was, there was yeah. lots of goats. Hmm. Have you heard that they are debating whether or not they should put 
trophy bighorn sheep on draw? I've heard, well, it's a bit of a, a controversy. I yes. Think. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sheep controversy. There's a lot Yo, of drama for sure. around the sheep. Do you it, think it'd be a good thing if they did? Uh, well, you know what? There, there's places like, there's places you got to work really hard to yeah. go find a ram. And, and where we went last year, um, we saw four groups of horses. This is before the outfitters can go in even. Okay. This is the, the, the opening week that's just for residents. Okay, so, so that so outfitters can't start till September first. Wow, I did not know that. That's right; they can't even trail in till then. Holy smokes! So, so they can't go in with their horses, set up camp that's right, a no, week event in no. advance. Wow! So they're going in the day we were coming out, and uh, we were in there. We were in there like the twenty first, twenty second was when we got in, and so opening day is the twenty fifth of yes. August, and. There was three groups of horses. One group of horses came up behind us. There was at least six other vehicles. Wow. People just walking, biking, whatever, yeah. just, just into the trailhead. We saw a group of three people up on the mountain, um, chatted with them. They only, they only they hike in two days, camp for two days, and then hike out. Yeah. That's all they stay. We were there for 10 days, and mm. we didn't see anybody after that. And that's why I almost like the success rate for sheep. It's so low. It's so low. It's so and that's low. why I think you almost have to have a general tag. Because if you have a lottery or not a lottery, even a draw with point yeah. system, if a guy waits five years, gets his tag, he's got one shot. And he might be a fat shit in five years. He might not be a sheep hunter. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, aside from the point, like what you, you could wait 12 years for antelope, but... Because the success rate is so low for sheep, if you want to harvest a certain amount of sheep each year, I almost think you would need to have that general tag. Because if you go with your draw, a guy's got one shot one year, that's it. And then your success rate is going to be super low, I think. Well, and yeah, that's the thing is, is it's, so they, low, it's so low already. Um, yeah. It's just so great that we live somewhere where we can. You yeah. can just buy a general tag. Oh, it's awesome. Go, go work your ass off. And like I've I never went, done it and it's freaking awesome. I love it. <laughs> I walked we walked to a place last year where when we ran into the the two outfitters we ran into on the way coming out said we were totally crazy for having to walk back there on foot. Like both of them said, like, you guys got back there backpacking. Yeah. Like that's a wow. horse that's an old horse camp sort of yeah. deal. Right? So and and there's no sheep from between the trailhead and there and f we didn't see any rams we saw i mean we saw 130 ewes so you know that's crazy in, in, any given year there could be definitely rams well there. there's somewhere those ewes are getting bred you know what and, th and then we met with uh well one of the outfitters was filming a hunt for sitka and they had a a, a crew of some world famous sheep hunters with them hmm. and they saw the exact same thing that we saw wow Use, use, and use, they hunt. And use. An and outfitter, you said, we had the he's Sitka a, he's, guys. He's a, yeah, he's a BC and Alberta. And he outfitter. hunts that area regularly. Yeah. Like, that's his spot. That's no, he's, I think he's fairly new to the area. Okay. But he's, uh, well, it's Dustin Rowe. He's a, he's a world famous. Hmm. I think he's killed over 130 sheep just himself as a guide. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and that number could be wrong, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. in the hundreds for sure. 
Wow. And uh, he hunted sheep all over the world. Yeah. Like from Mexico to, he owns an outfit in BC and uh, he outfits here in Alberta. Unreal, eh? And uh, so obviously he has. I mean, there's sheep around. The, the point is, yeah, yes. in that area, there is sheep around. But even what I'm saying is the best of the best. Sometimes there's just not in the cards. Yeah. So how do you feel about, do you think, you think just it's got to be general? I think as long as whoever's job it is to count the populations and do what they can. And, you know, of, of our mammals, our huntable mammals here in Alberta, sheep are probably one of, I mean, I could be totally blowing smoke out my ass, but it, sheep are probably one of the easier animals to actually count populations of. Oh, that makes know, sense. Just, just. By yeah, air, right? Aerial survey, for sure. Yeah. And and they're in open country, they're fairly visible, that kind of thing. Yeah. And if if they're doing their job right and they consider the population healthy enough to, to hunt and they allow a certain quota of what well, if it's in a general zone, they allow a quota of success, right? Mm-hmm. You have to register every sheep. So they know how many sheep get taken every year. Yeah. Exactly. They know the exact number of every of sheep taken every year from every zone. Every date, um, yeah. every area you get it from, they know exactly where it happens. Yeah, we, <clears throat> you got to hope, right? <clears throat> like I, I put a lot of faith in biologists. Yep, me too. A lot. I do too, and I don't if know they a tell one. me that I can, <laughs> If they tell me that I have two doe tags and one buck tag for this zone, I am probably going to try and fill those tags every yep, year, which I sure. am. I haven't tried a doe yet. Um, but if we get a buck down, we're going to try and fill our two okay. supplemental tags. Um, so, yeah, we put a lot of faith in those biologists. So you just got to hope that. Well, if they're doing their job do? right. That's just it. That's how, exactly who's, it. Who's but then you have those guys that are like, no, I'm never shooting a doe or, or. I'm never shooting a doe because I want a healthy deer population or I'm going to draw a cow moose tag just to have in my pocket to not shoot just so one person doesn't shoot a cow moose tag. You're talking deer and deer and moose. There's a, there's a you or a non-trophy sheep tag that you can get in a few places here in Alberta. And that's very controversial. Yeah. So people are... Because you can shoot a U. Yes. As far as I know, you can but that, shoot a U or a uh, an unmature ram. Yes. But again, those biologists, man, they're, they, they're giving out those tags for a reason, well, I think. it's not everywhere. And, and the mountains are divided into, I wish I knew, I wish I had a map in front of me, but the mountains are divided into multiple and multiple different zones yeah. and then subzones in some of them. Yeah. And they all have their own regulations. Yeah. And they all have their own... I would imagine have their own population surveys and everything. Oh yeah, oh obviously, for sure they do. Yes, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's if it's managed and micromanaged but properly, yeah. And I, then I put my faith in in the biologist. Yeah. yeah, well, that's all you got. You got to, right? Because you know what? I spent 10 days in the mountains and I didn't see a single ram, but if they tell me there's a healthy enough population to to hunt it, well, if I you're if you're seeing 130 sheep yeah. on your first ram hunt, Going in pretty much blind, blind, yeah. they're sheep. Yeah, well, exactly. And there's a huntable population. Yes. A healthy population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I wish I could go on a sheep hunt right you away. Just make the time, like, dude. I, even this upcoming, like this next September or August, <laughs> I, uh, we'll go, I we'll just, go. I don't, I know I won't because we'll, we'll go we've sheep got, hunting and then we'll go straight to mule deer hunting. No, we can't. <laughs> we got elk. We got to do, can't miss elk. 
we got to do that archery elk. Um, I went in this year, the second week of rifle, and it was too late, man. Those elk had been shot at, bullets flying everywhere, guys root tooting, tooting down every single trail. Um, I think, well, after talking with Stephen Smith of Smith Game Calls, you know, he made it quite clear to me, man, you got to go. You got to be that first bugle in the bush. You got to go there end of August, first, second week of that archery season to, uh, you know, get on those bulls early. And that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I So you're going to be sheep. When are you, are you sheep hunting again this year? I am. Yeah. I, well, this year. This, um, this, we're, like we're nine months out, but let's let's talk about this. Okay, well, well, let's <laughs> let's start it this season. So this season, I went sheep. Hunting, yes, right? let's I, do that. I, I went the twenty twenty first or twenty second, and we went up for three days, something like that. Or well, we went up for two days, and on the second day, Katie got hurt and had to come back <sighs> down. That's a killer, man. Right on op- opening day, she got hurt. And uh, how far? Like where were you guys? We were a day's walk in. So that's, she didn't hurt herself bad enough. It was a back injury. Yeah. She had injured herself earlier. And she's carrying a heavy pack. Yeah. She's carrying 40 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds. Yeah. That's in, right. So we, we got up the mountain and, uh, it was opening day that next morning. And, uh, yeah. Cause we had messed around. We got held up real bad and there was a, they were doing some work on, on the trailhead and stuff. We couldn't get in for a day or two. What were they doing? They were, uh, I, I actually don't know. They were flying some some stuff with helicopters back oh. and forth right around the trailhead. We couldn't hmm. get in. But anyway, we uh, we went up the day before, um, so the 24th. And then that evening, she felt a tweak in her back right when we sort of started to make camp. And uh, we talked about it, and she tried to stretch it out, and she figured she would just see sort of how she felt when she woke up, knowing that we were planning to go, you know, two more days in before even really, you know, setting up a base camp. Yeah. We were supposed to be gone for 10 days. And uh, it wasn't any better in the morning. It got a little bit worse. So we decided we got to better take it down. And uh, on the way down, I just, it's probably one of the hardest things ever just to turn around, especially after you climbed up the mountain on opening day of sheep hunting. You got to do it though, man. And you're coming down. But you know what? I couldn't, she can't sacrifice something like that. No. And uh, and to come out, you know, with po- possibly like a 60, 70 pound pack, if we got a sheep, there'd be just no way. And the only way, you know, if she did hurt herself bad enough, she couldn't walk would be a helicopter. And that's, that's just not feasible. So you no, got to take you your gotta, losses yeah, and be you safe about it. So anyway, I went back up for a couple of days by myself and didn't really see anything, couldn't go too far. And uh, immediately when I got home, I went elk hunting for two weeks. And uh, I was in that September 3rd, 4th, until about the 15th. And I think on the 14th and 15th, I finally had some action. And uh, I had a a few run-ins with elk, you know, throughout the weeks before, but nothing. No real bugling opportunities. So you're 10th, 11th day, and you... you Yeah, I finally... Well, you know what? I learned so much this elk season, though. Like it took it took a long time just to find the elk and sort of figure out what I did, what I was doing wrong, what I was doing right, and uh, hunt with a couple of different people and sort of see how they did it and figured it out. And uh, I think next year I'm gonna I'm gonna kill an elk. <laughs> That's so important, man. Going out with other people. Sometimes yeah. you gotta swallow your ego yeah, yeah, and be sure. like, you know what? You don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> you should go with someone better than you. Yeah. 
And you know what? I went with uh, Steven with Smith Game Calls. Yeah. And man, he is the elk whisperer. Yeah. We had elk bugling at us, and he knew what those elk were telling us. Yeah. We heard cows. He knew what that cow was saying. Unreal. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Unreal. Some of these guys, some of these guys just speak elk, and but that's, that's just the bottom line. That's why he makes elk calls. You know what? And I went, I went with my buddy Trent from uh, High Prairie, and and he's he's the same. He's a he's an elk whisperer. He can just talk those things right into perfect shot. Um, you know, I missed one with him. We didn't actually. We actually, I actually hunted with him the first day. We hadn't even made a bugle yet. We we're walking in in the dark, and and came up on a bull. And I missed it just just as the sun was cracking the sky, and uh, just made a bad shot with my bow, and bow. Uh, and that was that. And that was the opportunity. But uh, I learned a lot throughout the day with him, just screwing around afterwards, trying to find another bull, and and just to see how guys do it. You know, everybody walks in the bush differently, and uh, it's just good to see, good to learn. It's so important. So, are you hunting? Your sort of elk area or his area? No, totally his area, yeah. His his stomping ground. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's so important, man. And we even, we went with uh, um, our friend John bear hunting this spring. And uh, my baits were dead, my luck, you know, or my skill, not much of it. But uh, the baits were decent early on in the season, and then they just died down. But I'm baiting an area where there's... 50 other guys within two kilometers of me. Um, So I went with him a few times and uh, right away, first sit, we had three bears come in two hung out for the whole night, three, four hours chasing each other around. That was really cool. And um, I tried a new bait. Sure enough, a couple bears came in and, and eventually I shot a bear. But again, just going with someone who's been doing this a little longer than you have um, is super important. And I encourage everyone now, if oh, you're, sure. even if you're, if, if you've hunted for a few years or, or if you're, especially if you're new, just get out with someone and learn. Um, and sometimes you got to swallow your ego and just absorb it all. Um, but, uh, you know, and even sometimes go with someone who has the same experiences as you just to, you know what? A, a lot of times I learn more from people that, um, or maybe I just teach myself more from people that have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times I'm hunting with people that have, you know, it's their first experience and I'm walking them through it. You know, even my profession as guiding, a lot of times it's somebody's first northern hunt or first big game hunt, um, at least for an animal as big as a moose, something like that. And I'm always walking somebody through it, but I find that I'm like, almost you know reteaching myself or realizing things as i'm doing it sort of like oh that's you know yeah it's a good thing to sort of take note of yeah without a doubt well you're chasing moose all freaking season pretty much yeah well, i've, been, if you I've can. been chasing moose for a few years yeah trying to remember yeah i'm as as green as uh the grass outside right now yeah but you still gotta you gotta check mark on the moose box i, got and I don't i, I got I, one man that was so cool that was so cool and you know getting the stand and wasn't well i think it was a couple hours i was in that stand and i hear some hear a little noise some leaves crunching and uh cow moose coming towards me and i seen the bull and me just not knowing what the hell I'm doing. Let out a few grunts. <laughs> just some grunts. Just some... Rah, rah. And sure enough, that cow came right under my stand. I have video of her licking 
my tree stand, the, the, the climbing sticks. I don't know if there's salt on my shoes or something, but she's licking the freaking climbing sticks. And, uh, and that bowl just followed her right in. And it just was perfect. A, B, C, bam. Yeah. Got him. But, uh, you know, I've been trying for moose and, for a while. And with a bow. And with a bow. Yeah, and yeah. Well, and that's that's what I love about tree sign hunting is you can usually get those critters close enough where you can get a good shot with the bow, especially if you're filming. We can't, like, filming a spot and stock archery hunt, in my opinion, is without a doubt one of the hardest hunts to do, whether it's bear or deer or sheep or I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's an easy animal to hunt. Filming a spot and stock archery hunt is extremely tough. So yep. sitting in that stand Especially or in a blind. That's what I mean. Self-filming. Yeah, self-filming. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's tough, very tough. And that's why I'm, I'm just spending time in the stand right now. You know, I got to get it on film. Um, now I'm not, like I said, I'm probably not going to use the bow this week and I'll use the rifle, but um but yeah, you know, when you're filming, it adds a whole nother challenge onto everything. You know, I've talked to a few guys um, from the non-typical nation team and, uh, you know, they've, <laughs> a few guys missed some really nice missed opportunities, not necessarily miss the animal, um, but they blew chances because they're filming. You know, you don't, you got to get that camera on that animal first. Yep. And so you got to spend a, an extra 30 seconds to get that camera focused in, make sure your mic's on, get that animal in frame, and then he moves 10 feet. So you got to move your camera, readjust everything, get ready to shoot, and hope he doesn't move and sits there for a And bit. try and do it quietly. And try and do it quietly. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's tough. But again, we love the struggle and we love sharing with people and that's why we do it. So, exactly. Yeah. That's why we film it. Yeah, how do you like this blazing apple? That's some good stuff. Yeah, it's the best coffee in town. It is blazing apple by Old Smokes Coffee, guys. Um, I gotta say, we've got a treat for everyone. Kickstart your day with smoked coffee. That's right, smoked coffee. Old Smokes Coffee is revolutionizing the coffee industry with smoked coffee beans. My personal favorite is this blazing apple right here, or sipping whiskey. Order yours at oldsmokescoffee.com and use promo code NONTYPICAL for 10% off your next order. What are you drinking right now? Blazing Apple. At home. Oh, um, what do are I you got? out or what? Uh, no, I still got a little bit Sipping of... whiskey? Why can't I remember it? Stout no, maple? No, 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 it's the... Uh, the dark stuff, the moose. Uh, um, oh, oh, you got the the non-smoke. Yeah, I'm trying non-smoke stuff. Right oh, yeah, now. yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. their uh, whatever they call it. Just a just a dark roast. Yeah, it's the dark roast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love this smoked stuff. Yeah, I'm, it's good. It's it's yeah, it's really good. I'm out of the smoke stuff. I we drank that stuff up so yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah, you don't need cream or nothing. It's got a ton of flavor. It's good. Oh, coffee's meant to be black, man. Yeah, yeah blacker the better. <laughs> It's only good I don't mind a little Bailey's in my yeah. coffee. Well, like, that, yeah, but that stiffens it up. That's not. That's not. Uh, yes. That's not like cream and sugar. No, I know, I know, I know. Coffee's only good if you can chew it. If you can chew it, <laughs> yeah. What, if you get it stuck say, in your teeth and on the side when, of a mountain when you're sheep yeah, hunting. When you've been in the bush for a few days, coffee's <laughs> yeah. only good if you can chew it. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you? Uh, are you chasing does now, or are you trying to get your? The girlfriend a buck or yeah, I'm moose try and get the or what are you guys doing? No, no, no. We're done moose hunting now. Moose hunting was a bust done, this eh? year. Yeah. It's tough. This this time of year, it's tough. We were just totally predatored out this year. Yeah. Everywhere we went, there was either wolves or cougars or people. 
it was a it was a tough season for moose both for me and for her yeah yeah so what are you gonna do different next year to get after these bulls uh next year i think uh next year i'm gonna hit the river i'm gonna try the other side of the zone and uh is there there's a major river system that goes through yeah, it or what a big river goes really through, yeah. that's where you got to be yeah. how how far do you have to travel to get to that from, uh, from a main trail because you said there's limited access right there's the limited zone? access but yeah but so uh, you're way up northern alberta that's right okay yeah north central alberta yeah and uh there's lots of access to the river though and uh the river is on the uh well i guess my my zone is on the opposite side of all the civilization to the river so <laughs> you got to cross the river to be able to hunt on that oh, side. okay so uh so the river the river sort of may get pressured the, though a bit though the, like the river it, might get pressure, yeah, but um, I just plan to work a little bit harder and get a little bit further away from where everybody is. And, yeah. And uh, I, I know a guy with a jet boat, so. Nice. Yeah. So it's, wow, so you can, it's a big yeah. enough, like We're it's a go, big enough river you can jet boat oh, yeah. up that. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, eh? Yeah, that's a big river, yeah. You mind sharing uh, the name of the river? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm sure it won't be hard to figure out. It's a pretty well-known. Really, eh? Pretty well-known. Uh, because I think I look, I, I'm pretty sure I looked at the map from your zone and I don't recall seeing a river system going through, but interesting. Yeah. Huh. Wow. And that's an undersubscribed zone too. It is. Yeah, <laughs> and it that's is all for, we'll say about it. Season. it is Leave it at that. Season. Leave that's it at right. that. But you know what? I was talking to a biologist this summer, um, a local one here in the Slave Lake area. Well, he's not the biologist. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. He uh, was working with him alongside him with the aerial survey they did. They do two aerial surveys. As far as I know, I could be wrong um, in the wintertime. So they'll do one, I think, in uh, December and then another one in January. Just And then they do an average of the two numbers. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me moose population is down as much as 45%. Here. Here. South, north. Um, but I have seen more bull moose in my stance south of town than I ever have before. I've seen more bull moose and around, I shot one. totally around this area than I ever have in the last seven or eight years. Yeah. So, you know, I don't and know. And I've seen a few old ones, like some nice moose. Really, eh? Yeah, well, yeah. And I got a tag in my pocket, but it says the wrong freaking area. Yeah, on it. well, that's how it goes. I had a draw tag three years ago um, up north there too, and... And I was very green and uh, hunted quite a bit, seen a bull, but it was on the wrong side of the highway in a different zone. That's the way she goes. They can smell it on you. I was crying. It was bad. It was really bad. And, you know, we always buy that general archery tag. I'm pretty sure most zones in Alberta offer a general archery moose tag. And uh, you just never know when you're going to get lucky. You always got to have that tag in your pocket because we're always out chasing elk or whatever with the bows. And if... Big old bull moose steps out. You got to take, especially in velvet. Moose with velvet, yes, is one of the most sought after animals. Oh, I am trophy. I'm stoked, man. I yeah. I seen that thing in full velvet. I released that arrow. Um, he bedded down. I climbed down to the stand. I, I gave him 20 minutes. I should have gave him an hour. I gave him 20 minutes. Climbed down from the stand. He sees me. He gets up and runs away. So I go home, have lunch, get my game bags, head back out, and sure enough, I found him. And uh, I could not believe that I got a velvet moose sitting for a velvet whitetail. I got a velvet moose yeah. just jacked right up. Um, but again, getting to back to where you said you always got to have that tag with you. Um, we were elk hunting, Stephen Smith and I. And uh, I think it was the last day of the general archery moose, 25th of September. 
or is it 26? Uh, yeah, depending on where you are, it's the 25th, yeah. 24th? I don't know. Somewhere around there is the last day. And, oh, no, uh, sorry. It's the 23rd. 23rd. Yeah, yeah. 24th is when the... Yes, 20... Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, we're hunting, and uh, it was the final morning elk hunting. Everything's dead. We hear... Uh, it sounds like a, a, a tree being beaten, and then we hear a grunt. So we're like, Fucking okay. Sasquatches, hey? <laughs> At first, no, that's what I thought. I thought it was a Sasquatch because I've heard him before. But anyways, let's not get on that topic. So, yeah, so we then we hear a grunt. So we're like, okay, let's play with this thing. And we called that sucker right into like eight yards. Steven didn't have a, a tag. Well, he didn't have a, a bow with him either. Um, he was just filming and calling for me. But, uh, yeah, if he would have, man, we could have went home with some meat. Yeah. So uh, I, I always spend like... I think it's two hundred and fifty dollars on tags. Just get everything you can. Yep, everything. You never know when you'll have that opportunity. Everything. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, I can get a deer down uh, before season ends and uh, and have something to hang on the wall and some roast to share with the family and. So jerky. whether you get one or not, what would you do differently next year? What would I do different next year? Yeah, you think you're gonna you think you're gonna hunt the stands lots, or you think you're gonna oh, be I'm, on the move? As long as I'm filming, just whitetails, just whitetails. I'm always gonna hunt stands. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah. It just happens too fast when you're on the move. Yeah, and yeah. I and the thing with whitetails, I find you got to commit so much time that you can't have another guy with you. Yeah, like I tough. can't have a guy filming with me because I'm spending 160 hours in the stand. That's right. Um, now if we're going on an elk hunt for four or five days, we can have a few guys there. Um, but when it comes to whitetails, it's so hectic. You might just go for the afternoon. I hate to say it because everyone kills them, but I feel that whitetails are some of the hardest animals to hunt. Timber ghost. There's a lot of them, but they are not easy. They are the most skittish animals you'll hunt. Um, well, next to smart. some of the predators like wolves and whatnot, but uh, they're smart. Um, they can hear a pin drop, and uh, they know their they know their backyard. So yeah. Anyways, next year, what I'm thinking of doing once the season ends, I'm gonna go even further. You always go even further in the bush, get away from all the trails, everything. Find a spot that isn't littered with wolf tracks, and um, good luck with that. By the way, uh, I know it. And it seems like the farther I get away from a trail, the less deer tracks there are and the more wolf tracks there are. It seems like all the deer tracks are closer to a main trail, a main gravel road or something. And I always try and get far back. But anyways, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and go farther back, um, you know, try and get to an area that hasn't really been pressured too much um, because there's a lot of country out here. There's a lot of country. Um, so I'm going to look at some, you know, go on Google Earth or on the Geopack Hunt app and look at some look at some maps, figure out an area and go farther back, set up some cameras and just try some new areas. I've been hunting these three spots for a few years now and uh, they just aren't producing like I would like them to. Um, you know, the stand is touch and go um, where my blind is in my other stand. Uh, I've been getting more hunters on the camera than I have deer, and that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Like that's that, definitely not good. That is no. So not I'm legal. not even going. That's that's done. That is out of the question. Those cameras and everything's getting pulled, and we're going to a new spot. I'll keep this spot, but I'm going to try and go a little further back. That's what my plan is. And I'm always, you know, as soon as archery season hits, I always try and get 
that first week to try and get a velvet whitetail. So I'll do that again. And, uh, I think get into elk early on too, but, uh, yeah, that's my plan is try and get a little further back this year, get a new area. Um, because I almost feel like I've seen everything this spot has to offer. (laughs) I hate saying that. I hate saying it, but I've had this spot for this one. Actually. Yeah. This one with the stand has been about five years and, uh, and it just hasn't been anything spectacular and nothing coming through regularly. So I need to go further. It's just the time to change it up. Yeah, Good I think time so. To change it up. Well, not now. But no, once no, the no, season's no, over, not, yeah. Not now. Don't get crazy. <laughs> I, well, I've been. Sometimes that's what it takes. I've but been, That's a. That's a. Yeah, I've been contemplating to change it totally, like just right now, this last week. But uh, I can't. I no, uh, no. Go where you know there's deer right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, don't get crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but. Uh, yeah. So. So, what's your season look like next year? Next year. So yeah, like I said, as soon as that archery season opens, that's You're velvet whitetail. White I've been trying forever. Had a, you know, missed opportunity last year. A lot of missed opportunities. Yeah, it happens, <laughs> man. It happens. Yeah, and so yeah, that that right away, and then we'll get into that archery elk probably go for you know five six days for me to take more than five or six days is really tough. So we'll yeah. probably go for five. And then uh, we were talking, we want to do that archery mule deer hunt. I think that would be so much fun. Yeah. I so would we'll, love to do an open, some kind of open country mule deer hunt. Yes. Yeah. Especially with a bow. We will. We will. I think probably later in September I'm leaning towards. Yeah. But that's your moose season. That's so. that's when you get into moose season. But yeah, you know, we'll, so we'll have to see. Days. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. Um, and, uh, and then my late November, I always reserve that for whitetails because i never get one in <laughs> in early season and i don't think i'm drawing anything next year you know moose i'm just gonna hold on to that we still got that general archery tag um so yeah hey probably chase some moose too in there yeah. great um but uh yeah no sheep i don't got i'm too busy I, I i hate to say i don't have time for that because i wish i did but i don't um but bear season yeah. bear season bear is season's coming up it is it's already coming up we got the, the I love hunting, winter, but it's not that long. Yeah, I love hunting elk, but I think bear season is my favorite time of year. It's just a good starter for me. Like it's a good back, like kick in the pants to get back into hunting for the year. Yeah, I like it because it's nice weather. You aren't freezing in the stand in minus twenty. No it's early nice mornings. weather. These animals are a ton of fun to hunt because they aren't skittish like a white-tailed deer, and. Uh, and you usually see it quite a few of them. Yeah. And so, you don't kind of uh, get up at five in the morning. Yeah, you hunt evenings. It's no, great. You, but you, you hunt till one in the one at night or one in the morning. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if you kill something late, you're yeah. there till. Oh yeah, you're there till one in the morning because legal light ends at like 10, 30, 11 yeah. or something, right? Yeah, something so. Like that. So I can't wait for bear season. That's always a ton of fun. There are so many bears around here. Um, I was talking with fish and wildlife here. Oh, geez, a couple months ago now, but uh, there's been more report barrier reportings in Slave Lake this year than ever before. It's a record number. I think they doubled it this year. Wow. And so I asked him, I said, what's the issue? Why are there so many bears? Guys are saying it's because the fires are pushing them in. Um, what is it? And uh, he said, not enough people are hunting bears. He said, there is so much land around here that is untouched. There's so many bears Yep. Reproducing fast. And uh, he said these boars are just pushing them out of their, their zones, their territory. 
And so they're coming to town. Yep. And, and they're safe. Yeah. You know. And they're little relatively. ones. The little, ones, on, are, the little yeah. ones are the ones coming to town. Oh, yeah. it's it's absolutely unreal. So uh, so I tell everyone that comes in the shop, I said, buy a bear tag. If you have the opportunity, take a bear. Take you don't have one. to keep the meat. You got to keep the hide. Yep. Um, but uh, hey, you know, do your part. There's a lot of bears out there, especially around here. You got to control them. And that's why I have no issues taking one or two bears a year that's because right. there is a lot of them. There's too many. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, we always make it a priority to take some of the meat for sure this year we got oh, i love bear meat we yeah. always take our bears you know you know you know right away walking up to a bear before you even open it up if it's going to be stinky if he's been if he's been in a trash diet some kind of gross food you know you know right away yeah. but most of the time the bears are just eating vegetables and and clover vegetable and oil and beavers yeah <laughs> or bait you know i i do most of my bear hunting just spot and slug i'm not i don't hunt over baits as much as you do for sure but yeah a lot of times it's dog food notes and popcorn and whatever else you can find you know i, I justify it by saying that's just a quick snack for those bears oh it is yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> this bear we shot this year is eating over uh kfc grease and uh and beavers so yeah I don't know. I ate it anyways. I don't. I don't think I have trichinosis or anything. I cook my meat to one sixty. Well, you you eat you eat from KFC. (laughs) I eat eat the same thing there, Eden. So we should be good, right? (laughs) Why not eat a little beaver every now and then, and whatever uh, whatever comes your way. (laughs) What about the color bears we got here? We don't have any, man. You don't have any color bears. You haven't seen any color bears. My five or six years of baiting, I've had one blonde bear on my cameras. Really. See, and yeah. I've had nothing but color at my cameras, and that's not far from your... That's where we're going place. hunting next year, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> sure, but I got that guy that put his bait 20 yards from mine. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I we should about. keep that for another podcast, because <laughs> yeah. that's a good story. That's a, that too. is a good story. That's good. Yeah, right that's on. a couple different uh, chapters of a story, that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got a few. We'll keep that tonight. Well, do you want to wrap her up? Yeah, we can wrap it up. Let's do it. So yeah, anyways, we'll tell you guys what our plan is with this non-typical nation podcast. We're trying to do a regular podcast that's going to run weekly um, or at least something every 10 days. So please, please, please subscribe to this channel. Um, We want to share our content with you. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. We're going to be interviewing a ton of different people. And uh, yeah, we are pumped up about this. So please subscribe to our podcast and uh, share with your friends. Tell everyone how amazing it is. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just another line on the non-typical nation. Uh, You know, you already follow us. And if you don't, then do it. And uh, yeah, we got tons of other content. We got tons of episodes already out. We got even more coming out. And uh, yeah, just hit the subscribe. This podcast is going to be so much fun, I think. We're going to learn lots. We're going to have have a ton of different people doing it and uh, keep people entertained. So this podcast is also brought to you by Primal Adventures Outfitting and Guide Services. Um, we're the next generation of professional guiding and outfitting. I have full service Alberta moose hunts, rut and late season. I also do specialty guiding for moose, black bear, white-tailed deer, and wolf. So if you guys know anybody, preferably not a resident of, of Alberta, um, hit up Primal Outfitting on Instagram, Facebook. Check us out, Primal Adventures Outfitting and Guide Services. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate that big time.